0: spirituality. Good. Well, the gift of Christmas. Um, How many of you remember a significant, you know, a, a, a Christmas gift you got that just really stands out in your mind? Probably when you were a kid, but anytime, but just... A Christmas gift that really stands out in your mind. If you're, if you're online with us this morning, uh, maybe put it in the chat and uh, say, here, you know, I, I remember this gift. Um, if you're here with us in the room, why don't you just shout out uh, one at a time, uh, what, was, what was it? What was a memorable Christmas gift that just really stands out to you in your memory? Snowmobile boots, good. Big bruiser, big bruiser. Big bruiser. I'm not sure what that is, but... Okay, big tow truck, cool. Big metal one? Plastic, cool, yeah, no, that's good. Cool. <laughs> oh, they made plastic then, he says. Now, now, let's keep it, you know, civil anybody else sled okay crazy carpet baking set nice yeah Betty Crocker or real one yeah yeah <laughs> yeah engagement ring Woo. okay a replacement because you lost yours wow that's pretty pretty special he gave you another chance good 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 yeah i i have a couple that stand out in my mind uh when i was when i was six i got a great big uh gi joe jeep with a big tall gi joe action figure and all the stuff that he could hold in his kung fu grip right um and uh or when i was I got a big Millennium Falcon, Star Wars, you know, spaceship, Millennium Falcon with a couple action figures with that. Yeah, so that really stands out. What? She says, so I like dolls. It's not the point of the story, no. So this week we're concluding our series on... Uh, the gift of Christmas. The gift of Christmas. And, uh, you know, the, this uh, season of Advent, uh, we're, we're going to conclude it, it. The season of Ad, Advent actually concludes on Christmas Eve. So on Christmas Eve, we're going to light the, the middle white candle on Christmas Eve service. It's called the Christ candle. So we're going to get to light the last candle and, uh, and we're going to have a Christmas Eve devotional that I've prepared uh, called Wow. And uh, it's going to beautifully wrap up our Advent series this year. And, uh, you know, as we've said each week, these, these gifts, I'm going to walk stage, stage left here, um, Matt, just so you can follow me with the camera. But as we as we have considered these these parts of the gift of Christmas, right? I mean, Jesus, we know Jesus is the gift of Christmas. Um, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift is the verse that we've anchored all this to. But as we've talked about hope and peace and joy, and this week we talk about love, as we talk about these, we have said that... um, you know, the, the, the thing that makes them so valuable, so precious is that they are the very things that the human heart truly, truly longs for above all other things, that we long for hope. We need hope. We actually uh, just, just, you know, people who don't have hope, um, there, there's statistics about people who don't have hope who, who die from a lack of hope. Right? We need hope. Our hearts long for it. We long for peace. We long for joy. And of course, probably more than all of them, we long for love. We were made for relationship. We were. We were made to love and to be loved. When God first made our first parents, the first humans, He made us to be like Him, And to be with him. He made us for him. Right? And and that's why our hearts, the human heart, has a a homing beacon built in. Ecclesiastes says that that eternity is, is written in the hearts of humans. We have this homing beacon towards the eternal. Even if people don't know the true and living God, um, worship is part of every culture on planet earth. Why? Because we know somehow down deep, we know that we were made for someone and something bigger than us. And when our first parents, Adam and Eve, chose to go their own way and disobey God, They started a rebellion that's still in process today, isn't it? Right? Isaiah 53 verse 7 says, We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us to our own way. Isn't that so much like humans? We are a self-willed bunch that want our own way even if it gets us lost and gets us in trouble, right? But even though God could have just let us destroy ourselves, His love would not let Him abandon us to our mess, right? The incarnation, big theological word, but it means the putting on of flesh, the incarnation, the moment in history when God put on human flesh, was all about love breaking into our world in pursuit of you. I've missed a bunch of these slides, so we're just going to skip ahead here. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. There we go. You know this verse... For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Wow. I know that's, that's the, you know, if anybody knows any Bible verses, they know that one. That's the verse, you know, people hold it up at football games. John 3.16 right? The whole world knows this verse. And it's simple yet so, so profound that the God of heaven so loves you and so loves this world that He gave His Son. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift, right? Love was God's motivation. Jesus Christ is literally the manifestation of the love of God. He is the love of God made visible to us. It was love that compelled God to make us in the first place. It was love that compelled Him to make a a plan to deal with our sin and our rebellion and to bring reconciliation it was love that compelled him to leave the glory of heaven and come into our world and that night when the angels made their announcement to the shepherds and the cries of a newborn baby were heard in a barn love caused god to be born as a vulnerable child Can you imagine? It was a quote I was trying to remember as I was preparing this week. I was trying to remember what great theologian said this? What church father, you know, back in the early centuries of the church, penned this? Who was it that said it? And I went digging and searching in my computer and I found the quote. It's from the great theologian Bono lead singer of U2. And he said this, the idea that God, if there is a force of love and logic in the universe, that it would seek to explain itself is amazing enough that it would seek to explain itself by becoming a child born in poverty, manure, and straw. A child. I just thought, wow. Wow. Just the poetry, unknowable love, unknowable power describes itself as the most vulnerable. Love needs to find a form. Intimacy needs to be whispered. Love has to become an action or something concrete. It would have to happen. There must be an incarnation. Love must be made flesh. Isn't that powerful? Thank you, Bono. Well, let's look to the Bible where John says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. The definition, here it is. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Wow. God showed His love among us, sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. early church writers it might be surprising to you but when they wrote about the problem the problem like what what was the problem that Jesus birth life death and resurrection was to solve right our our answer might be well sin But their, their answer, the early church writers, said the problem is death. Death was caused by sin. But the problem is we are disconnected from God. We are cut off from the source of life. And without Christ, we are dead. Dead people walking. the great revivalist um, Leonard Ravenhill said Jesus did not come into the world to make bad men good. He came into the world to make dead men live. And if you struggle with that statement, let me throw another scripture at you. In Ephesians chapter 2, "'As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins "'in which you used to live "'when you followed the ways of this world "'and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, "'the spirit who is now at work "'in those who are disobedient. "'But because of his great love for us, "'God, who is rich in mercy, "'made us alive with Christ.'" even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Wow. Right? Because of His great love for us, God made us alive in Christ. Wow. The Father was motivated... By his immeasurable love. And he entered creation that had been poisoned by sin and death to bring it back to life. The love of God in Christ, God coming among us, changed everything. James Irwin, astronaut, was the eighth man to walk on the moon, and he uh, he was on the the Apollo fifteen mission in nineteen seventy one. He was also the first human to drive a motorized vehicle on the surface of the moon, the lunar uh, the lunar rover. And at the time that that he went to uh, went on this Apollo Mission, James Irwin, was a backslidden Christian. He hadn't taken faith seriously since he was 10 years old. But as he stood on the lunar surface, looking at the landscape of the moon and and raised his eyes and looked to the earth... In that moment, he had an encounter with God and a revelation struck him in that moment. And he said, what is more important than man walking on the moon is that God has walked on the earth. Wow. And in that moment, his life was surrendered to Jesus and he spent the rest of his days as an evangelist telling people about his experience Meeting God on the Moon Because the love of God reaches even there. So love was God's motivation. Love is our prime directive. Some of you recognize yourselves up there. Love is our prime directive. First John four verses seven and eight. Dear friends. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Because God is love, we must love, and love. Because like God's love had to take action and put on skin, our love has to take action and love and serve others. Right? It's no wonder that Jesus said love sums up the whole gospel and the whole message of God. We are called, as followers of Jesus, we are called to the way of love every day day there seems to be something special about how people treat each other at this time of year right i mean they talk about it in the in in pop christmas movies and all that stuff they call it the spirit of christmas here's a hint there is no spirit of christmas but there is the spirit of christ we call him the holy spirit And the kindness and generosity and charity of people during this time of year has everything to do with the effect that Christ has had on the earth, the Christ of Christmas has had on the world, even on those who don't believe in Him. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, Do you know how much the Father loves you? Follow His example as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Another verse. 1 John 4, verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. How is God... Love made complete in us by us loving one another. Because God, because love is not nice. I think when we throw out the word love, we think of niceness. We think God's a big marshmallow, warm, fuzzy dude in the sky. Love is not nice. It's not warm feelings we get sitting by the fireplace. Love is difficult and painful and costly when we truly love others. It means risking pain and betrayal. Sometimes it means overlooking things in mercy and grace that we would rather rave about, rant about. Sometimes it means calling people on things we'd rather ignore. And it means always trying to figure out which one we should do. Right? Love means giving our time and energy sometimes when you'd rather relax and watch TV. It means financial sacrifice. It means holding loosely to things and tightly to people. But love is the atmosphere of heaven. And, it, and Jesus coming, his intention was to, to establish that atmosphere here on earth as well. Jesus came to start a revolution of love. So, as we said, God is not some marshmallow pushover. In Christ, love looked like choosing rejection, betrayal, torture, death, and spiritual agony. And even as all of this was unfolding in the hours before Jesus' crucifixion, he spoke to his friends and said, love one another. As I have loved you, love one another. By this will everyone know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Folks, Love is only for the brave and you are called to be brave. And thirdly, this morning, love is coming again. Love is coming again. Just a reminder that Advent, yes, is a celebration of Jesus' first coming, but it's also an anticipation that He's coming again. Love is coming again. If you truly know Christ, three quick things to close off. If you truly know Christ, first of all, love is transforming you. Love is transforming you. Using a lot of Scripture today, but stay with me. we got... A couple more, and they're really good. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. It's immeasurable, isn't it? That's what he's saying and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Did you know that you can be filled with the fullness of God? That's what Paul writes here in Ephesians 3. It sounds crazy. How? Through love, because you're being transformed by the love of God that patiently and consistently pursues your heart until you give in again and again and let Him have His way in you. You are being changed so that you will have the capacity to be filled with God. Isn't that amazing? We don't understand the magnitude of God's love towards us. But that love is changing us from the inside out. Love is making you into God's children. Secondly, love So love is transforming you right now. Love will transform you. 1 John 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Love that word, lavish. Right? Don't you love to lavish Your love on your spouse or on your kids or your grandkids or just, you know. God loves to lavish His love on us. Great love the the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Ever wonder why people look at you funny? Well, some of us are funny looking, but... But, you know, the world doesn't understand us because it didn't understand him, right? Dear friends, now we are children of God, John goes on to write, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The love of the Father is lavishing on us even now will be complete when we, are, when we stand face-to-face with Jesus and we see Him as He is. In that moment, you will be completely transformed. The job will be finished and you will be like Christ We have no way of understanding what that, that's what John said We don't know what that means or what that will look like, but we know it's true that when we stand face to face with Him and see Him as He is, we will be like Him. Love will have finished its job in us. And lastly, love will be your forever home. We read this, these verses uh, a couple weeks ago, but I want to read them again from Revelation 21, verses 1 to 4. And, and I find it, as I read this, you might say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't hear the word love in there. But the picture is a picture of a wedding. It's a picture of a wedding. I mean, how do you get more of a clear picture of love than that, Right? a picture of a wedding. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And we will live in marital bliss with Jesus for eternity. One last verse I'm going to ask um, the musicians to come. One last verse. And let's stand as we read this. Romans 8:38. Folks, these are words, these are promises that are made to those who know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Now I want to say to any of us here today in the, this room or any watching online, the only way to access all these amazing promises about the love of God is to receive His love. We can't stand on the outside, keeping God at a distance, and still expect to receive all the promises. But in order to be part of his family, to be transformed by his love, to be, to be, for that transformation to be made complete, and to live forever in that atmosphere of love, we have to actually embrace him now. We have to receive his. His love now, the gift that He came to give of salvation, we have to embrace it now. But if we do, listen to this promise, for I am convinced, writes Paul, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, we've been on a four-week journey walking through hope and peace and joy and love, and we've talked about how these things are the cry of the human heart. And I want to make one more final desperate plea to anyone who may not yet know Jesus, truly as your Savior and Lord, may not have fully said, Jesus I give you my life, come and have your way in me. I want to be part of your family. That today you would say yes to him. I want to pray with you. And if if you are saying yes to him today, please come and talk to us. Please, if you're online, um, send us an email uh, at the church office, office at evangelbathurst.ca. Reach out to us. Put it in the chat. Just get a hold of us somehow. Uh, We'd love to help you in your journey with Jesus. But let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. Thank you, God, that you stepped out of glory and into time and space. You stepped onto planet Earth and walked among us and showed us the heart of the Father that never stops pursuing our hearts. Thank you that you went all the way to the cross for me. And that if I just let you in, if I say yes to you, and if I and invite you into my life, not just as a buddy, but as my Savior and Lord, Lord, you'll actually begin to change me from the inside out and you know I need to be changed so come today forgive me of my sin make me alive let me be your child let me have all of those promises that you've given In Jesus' name I ask.